0: Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a Savage Approach to Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Deva Panambor. Deva, are you ready to do this?
1: Hi, George. Yes, I am.
0: Excellent. Let's do this. Deva is a CFA, a CFP, he's the managing director and founder of Sarsi LLC, he's a consultant to the advisory community amongst lots of other things, I'm excited to have you on, Deva tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do.
1: Sure George, um, so I was originally trained as an engineer uh, in material science, metallurgical engineering. And uh, after graduating in the early 90s, uh, I worked in a couple of capacities. I worked in a steel plant, and then in a shipping company where we were developing seaports in different countries around the world. Uh, I really enjoyed that uh, part of my, uh, that stage of my life. Uh, But it also made me realize that my real passion was in finance and investments. So I decided to go back to school I uh, got my MBA in finance, and after graduating, worked in several large firms in New York City. Uh, initially as an analyst, picking investments, and then subsequently as a portfolio manager, responsible for selecting investments and constructing portfolios for high net worth clients. Um, and I enjoyed my job quite a lot, did quite well, but I always uh, have had an independent streak and was also very client-focused, client-centric, and I thought the best way to do that uh, was to start my own firm. So I quit my job in 2010 and started my own financial advisory firm. So my firm, Sarsi, works with uh, professionals and business owners, and there are three reasons why I chose to be a financial advisor, George. Uh, one is that all through my life, I've enjoyed helping people and making a difference in their lives. You know, in school, I used to help my classmates uh, at work, uh, I've helped my colleagues. So it really gives me a lot of satisfaction to see that I'm making a difference in people's life, uh, lives. And the second is I have a passion for teaching. Um, and you know, a lot about financial advisory is about teaching, coaching and guiding. Uh, Nobody likes to be told what to do, so you have to be patient, you have to teach them, educate them, and in that way you can make sure that they do what they're supposed to do. So my teaching, uh, my passion for teaching really helps me in a financial advisory capacity. And the third thing is I I like complexity. Uh, I enjoy complexity, I'm good with the technical stuff. Um, A lot of financial advisors sometimes choose clients who are relatively simpler, but I actually embrace complexity. I like it when when my clients have a complex situation that I can unravel and um, make it uh, easier for them to uh, follow and monitor. So like I said, my firm works with busy professionals, business owners, and we basically help them achieve their objectives in a stress-free manner uh, through holistic comprehensive financial planning.
0: And what do you do in your free time? I'm, I'm, I'm just, of course, joking. <laughs>
1: yes, of course. Uh, the little time that I have myself, I uh, enjoy playing golf. Nice. I travel a bit.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Well, I, I, think, I think your background's fascinating. Studying material sciences, developing seaports all over the world. And I sold you short. I should have listed your MBA as well in finance. Um, and then the passion for teaching. That, that that's so much learning that, I'm, I'm just guessing, that's so much learning and studying that you were doing. How did you, how did you develop a skill to be a teacher as well? Because that's different.
1: Yeah, uh, you, you said it right. Uh, to be a good teacher, you have to be a good listener. It's not just about a one-way, um, you know, transfer of uh, information. It's a two-way transfer of information. And uh, I've had experience teaching my classmates, you know, uh, difficult concepts I've had uh, colleagues who would come up to me to learn about some things, and I always enjoyed uh, what I did, and I found that people liked uh, the way I explained things. Um, So that's the reason I took up teaching. I actually teach a course uh, in a university here in New Jersey on personal finance. And uh, what you realize is that to be a good teacher, you obviously have to know the stuff, that's a given. But the more important thing is that you have to be invested in trying to make a difference in your students' lives. Uh, You have to be proactive, you have to listen to what they want, and you have to make sure that whatever it is that you want to teach them gets across to them. So that patience is really something that's required, and uh, I felt that I have it. uh, I felt that I enjoyed it, and that's why I, uh, I took up teaching.
0: I love it. Excellent. Well, this is a great opportunity for us, obviously, to, uh, to impart some, some, some experience and wisdom, um, just in terms of how, how, how would you encourage people to make, uh, make their financial plan work for them?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, so, you know, uh as I see people, as as I talk to clients, potential clients, uh, I find some common mistakes that people make, or or maybe I should say there are room room for improvement in the way people run their uh, financial plan and their day-to-day life. Uh, The first and foremost thing I would say is that you have to have to make a plan and this is where I think a lot of uh, people uh, tend to do things in, in an ad hoc manner, either because they're Uh, You know, very familiar with the stuff, they're quite smart, and they somehow think that planning is not required. Um, And as Yogi Berra said it, if you don't know where you're going, you'll go someplace else. So no matter how simple your life or how complicated it is, it's really important to sit down and formally make a plan. Uh, That's the first thing I would say. The second thing is that you have to base your plan on your values. And this is another another place where people tend to uh, be a little, you know, uh, reactive than proactive. Uh, people have different values. For me, for example, it was independence. I wanted to be independent. Uh, and that's the reason why I decided to leave my job and start my own company. And as you know, when you start a company initially, that is a J-curve. You don't make um, a lot of money or any money initially and you have to have the savings to make sure that you uh, get to the next month or the next year. And because I had a plan beforehand where I thought, okay, my value is independence and I have to plan based on that, I was able to succeed in what I'm doing currently. So definitely make sure that your plan is based on your values. And when you create a plan based on your value, uh, you also will be motivated to carry out the hard decisions Uh, such as making sacrifices in the short term that can benefit you over the long term. And it also gives you a clear vision into your future, which is really important. Uh, One of the things that I learned, which was fascinating, is that why are people confident? It's not because they know a lot of things. The people who are confident are confident because whatever they know, it's clear in their mind. And so when you have a plan and you base it on your values, you have that clarity of thought that gives you the confidence to do what you need to do. And the third thing I would say is that make sure that it's holistic. Um, Another misconception among a lot of people is that financial plan is all about money. It's not, there are so many other things. It's not just investments. You have insurance that protects you on the downside. You have taxes, you have estate planning. You have so many things that incorporate, uh, uh, that are incorporated in the financial plan and you have to make sure that you touch on all those aspects. Uh, you know, I always say that life does not move along a straight line, so obviously you can't expect your financial plan to move along, the, along a straight line either, so you have to have checks and balances to make sure that it works over the long, long period of time. And the final thing I would say is that control what you can. When people invest, for example, I'm going to take one example, investing, they're always focused on one and only one thing. It's very natural, it's human behavior, to be focused on one thing and only one thing, and that's your rate of return. But the interesting thing is, um, in compounding, there are three things that go into compounding. One is time, the second is capital, you need to have some money to start compounding, and then the third is the rate of return. Interestingly, of those three things, there is only one thing that's in your uh, control, and that's uh, there's only one thing that's not in your control, and that's rate of return. The only thing you can control is time, which means you have to start as early as possible, and then you can control capital, which means you have to save as much as possible so that you can then allow that money to compound. So my uh, my fourth uh, point in trying to make a financial plan work is to make sure that you control what you can, like I said, time, capital. Other things you can control is risk. So take only the amount of risk that is appropriate for your situation, for your personality. You can control cost. The more you reduce cost, the more likely you are to get the kind of returns you want. And then you can control your behavior. Um, you know, a lot of people time the market a lot. Um, and research has borne out, and this is not just me saying, but people have won Nobel um, Prizes in trying to understand human behavior and the way they time markets, they make knee-jerk reactions, they have biases. And by education, by planning, uh, by having a process, or by hiring somebody else, you can control your behavior.
0: I appreciate all that very much. I think that, that that makes a lot of sense. In terms, of, in terms of putting together a, a holistic, comprehensive plan, do you, do you coach people or counsel people to, or rather how, do you coach them to, to break it down into to, to, di- to digestible bites? Because I don't know if I can plan my entire life for 40 or 50 years from now, right? Is it three yes. years, five years?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, there is a nice saying which says that the long term is a series of short term, So obviously, you have to plan for the long term, but you have to take those baby steps to get there. Um, So yes, when I, so I work with a lot of clients who are very well educated, Uh, they know the stuff, some of them work, many of them work in finance, so they know everything I'm talking about, and yet they decide to hire somebody, an expert, because they're busy in their lives, Uh, And to your point, they're not able to take those short steps to get to the long term. Uh, Their focus is on their work, their focus is on their family, and so they would rather have somebody else who is doing it 24-7 on their behalf. Uh, So that's one thing that I do to make sure that clients uh, get what they are trying to achieve, which is that I create plans for them so that they can then focus on other things that are important to them. And the second thing that I bring to the table is that uh, I find that people tend to be very close to the data. And when you're very close to the data, it's very personal, you tend to make mistakes. It's kind of like that surgeon who is very good at, at what he does, but somehow he can't get to operate on his own family members. And that's how a lot of people are when it comes to their financial plan or their money. Or anything that comprises, uh, you know, their their uh, uh, financial lives, and when they have somebody else doing it, uh, they kind of take off that uh, that personal and close nature uh, of their relationship with their money. And the other thing that uh, I think uh, I try to do in order to make sure that they're motivated is that, you know, if you have a couple, for example, husband and wife, they can have some very different objectives, priorities, values, or attitude towards money. And so if they tend to do it by themselves, then it's very likely that they might not come to an agreement, whereas if you have a third party who is reasonably unbiased, well, very unbiased, hopefully, then that person can take the tough decisions, make sure that they can uh, meet halfway and do what is needed to be done to achieve their objectives. So when I work with my clients, I try to understand, uh, you know, where both the spouses are coming from, what are their values. Uh, and to your point, I don't tell them everything at once. I have several rounds of meetings and calls so that I can slowly but surely tell them what is to be done. And, uh, you know, I always tell them that time is a, is an amazing, powerful force that can do wonders for them. Um, and I tell them that, They have to think about this not from a month or one year, but from a very long-term perspective. And I tell them, don't expect, um, you know, magic to happen overnight. But over time, you will see a remarkable change in a situation.
0: I appreciate all of that. Excellent. So when, when you're meeting with and talking to folks and helping them plan who work in the field they they, they 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 work in finance they're they know everything that, that that you're talking about so they're they're reading off the same script as you are do they have challenges that are unique from a, a planning perspective I guess I'll ask it a different way what's the most what's what's the hardest part of the planning process for them is it just getting started is it opening up about goals it is a, is, is it a following through on the actual plan in the implementation
1: Yes, uh, specific to the kind of clients you're talking about, the ones who understand this stuff, I think the biggest challenge is, first of all, to understand that they need a, need a plan. Um, you know. And by the way, I've made the same mistakes I talk, tell my clients not to do. Earlier in my sure. career, I had a lot of money in cash. Uh, I was waiting for the markets to fall. And somehow I thought I understood the markets very well. I knew exactly what's happening in the economy. I used to read of, uh, a lot of research from very smart people, so I thought I was informed enough to be able to make those decisions which unfortunately nobody is able to make. Like for example, when will the markets crash? Right. And so I think the most important and challenging uh, aspect of starting a financial plan for people who understand this stuff is to be able to first and foremost say you know what, I need to first and foremost say that I need a plan And secondly, I have to accept the things that I can do and the things I cannot do. For example, I cannot time the market. And by the way, even if I do uh, eventually turn out to be right that the markets do crash, uh, and this is something that I have done a lot of research on, there is a lot of papers written on this, the markets go up more than they go down. And they go up for a longer period of time than they go down. So even if you're right that, yes, the markets will crash in one or two or three years, whenever it is you think it's going to crash, the upside that you give up is much more than the downside you protect because you uh, you know stepped, stepped aside from the market crash. So I think for, for people who understand this stuff, the kind of clients I work with who are sophisticated, smart, um, it's really important to understand what they can do and they cannot do And like I said, they also have to prioritize their time. And so, uh, for a lot of people, they come to the understanding, you know, this is not something I want to focus on. Um, It's worth it to hire an an advisor that I like and trust, who knows what he's doing. And uh, for me, I think the most important thing is to, first and foremost, tell them what value I add, and then to keep them motivated. So given a choice between two clients, one of whom is very motivated, the other is not so motivated, Um, needless to say, I want the client who is more motivated. I like clients asking me questions. In fact, I encourage them to ask me questions. Uh, And that's something I would tell most of your listeners. If you ever hire a financial advisor, make sure that he's open to your questions. Anybody who brushes you off is certainly not somebody worth hiring. You want somebody who listens to you, appreciates a question, um, and takes the time to explain to you what needs to be done and what he or she is doing.
0: Appreciate that. Well, David Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Um, I have two tips, actually.
1: Uh, one is that I say don't overestimate what you can achieve in the short term and underestimate what you can achieve in the long term. And secondly, remember, overactivity is the enemy of performance. So boiling down these two points, what I would suggest to your uh, to your listeners is that first and foremost, they should make a plan. And they should stick to it for the long term because their odds of success are much higher over the long term.
0: Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. And David, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you?
1: So they can always go to my website. It's sarsillc.com, S-A-R-S-I-L-L-C.com. And on the website, there's a lot of information about me, my firm, how we work with clients, and they can also sign up to receive updates from, uh, from me and my firm.
0: Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show David your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to SarcLC.com. Check out all the great stuff he's got on there. Sign up for the newsletter. I'll list that in the notes of the show. Thank you again, David.
1: Thanks so much, George.
0: And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. podcast course and you'll find it there you can just go to the website i'll also list that in the notes of the show